before we start the show, I wanted to let you know about a limited opportunity. The doors are open to our online community. Where we're helping clinicians get confidence and success when dealing with the complexity of pain we see in practice. We have Brownie Thompson, Mike Stewart, and myself helping clinicians get the training they need to get comfortable managing pain well. You get live events, workshops, peer support, and direct feedback on your practice and your unique struggles. You can visit the community on your computer or on the go on your smartphone. The doors are closing on May 8th, so make sure you check out modernpainpro.com for all the details and to start transforming your practice today. Changing the story around pain. This is the Modern Pain Podcast, helping to improve the understanding and treatment of pain across the world through education, advice from experts in the field, personal stories from those living well with pain, and more. A modern approach to pain treatment, management, and education, while helping to bring the patient voice back to healthcare. This is the Modern Pain Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Mark Cardula. What's going on, everybody? It is Mark Cardula, lead faculty and CEO here at Modern Pain Care, where we make you the complete clinician. Coming at you with the next episode of the Modern Pain, Modern Pain Podcast and still kind of keeping up with our format where we're going to be sharing some more clinical pearls, some clinical tips and things that Jared and I have found helpful for us in our journey and just some clinical concepts that we've also you know thought about and found uh, unpacking this stuff, helping us a bit in the clinic. So before we get into today's topic, how are you doing, Jared? I'm doing good, man. I am uh, back in my office uh, this week. My brother has, he has left and he has gone to Germany and made it there safely. And so I am back on a stable internet connection. So uh, looking forward to not having to deal with low quality pixelated face Jared. Yeah, you know what? It, it actually pulled through your whatever your your clubhouse there at your current spot was. Uh, you know, it's it's not you don't quite have the the backdrop that you had for those of you on the again listening on the podcast. You'll just have to imagine uh, again a mono- mahogany background with all sorts of knickknacks and such. But good to have you back in your place, and uh, not too long. You know, you're you're under a year in that place, and you'll be you know moving on to bigger pasture, bigger and better pastures with a new house. So. Congrats on that. But, but anyway, before we get it, uh, talking too much about your housing situation, common question and common thing that, you know, we've seen, because, you know, I, I look back to my career and I, when I first came out of PT, uh, it was very much, I, I got into this clinic that was very soft tissue related and it was very much yonder, yonder uh, upper lower cross syndrome based, you know, reasoning. And because of that, you blasted you blasted pecs and uh, you, you did deep soft tissue and you b- dug into the, the psoas and you released the tar out of that thing. Um, and there were episodes where folks had some soft tissue actually injuries and they're not, thankfully not for me, but um, you know, some pretty aggressive stuff. And there's this, you know, mechanisms of belief of release and stuff. And basically overall, just friggin' painful manual therapy, like just hurt. And yet we still have patients that come in too with like, there's currently, uh, and I always debate whether I should discuss this, but I, we, I work alongside uh, some DOs who do FDM, fascial distortion model, which is an interesting model. Uh, let's just leave it at that. Uh, science needs to kind of have its way with it. And hey, if it comes out the other side in a good spot, I'll freaking do some FDM. But anyway, the, the regular narratives I hear from patients who come in to the clinic, how did it go with the, the, oh, I was crying in the room, or I was, tears were rolling down my eyes. And these are some pretty, you know, what I think stoic, tough individuals. I'm like, good God, can we get past 
injuring or, or you know inflicting massive amounts of pain on people and then forgetting that hey that's probably the mechanism of the effect again we'll talk about it maybe it's not that i'm doing some fancy fascial realigning and and you know whatever uh, stuff again maybe for another day that maybe i'm just bombarding the tar out of it regardless of what fancy model or theory you want to throw at it that maybe you just strip it down to the simplicity of it you're freaking causing pain and the body, if it has intact endogenous mechanisms, is going to sh shunt down some. Especially when you put a white coat behind it and a fancy theory and a relationship that you've developed with a patient, you can do get away with a lot of painful stuff. But anyway, uh, there's my frustration because I see it day daily, and it's just like a constant like internal face palm and eye roll, and I'm just like, good God, can we not? I mean, especially your DOs for God's sakes, your physicians, we got to do better. But anyway. What's been your response or experience with painful manual therapy, Jared? Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I guess with um, when I was in school, I wasn't necessarily taught that you needed to, like, crush people <clears throat> on soft tissue work. But I was taught that, hey, if somebody's got, like, uh, limited knee range of motion uh, after a surgery or whatever it is, you need to get in there and you need to do your grade fours like as, you know, like with significant force and then you need to take up even more slack and you need to do your grade fours to stretch out the capsule and then you need to take up more slack and then you need to do your grade fours like until people are like screaming um, because you got to stretch out that capsule right or if you know somebody you're ranging somebody's shoulder you've got to lean your body weight into that and really like make them writhe on the table and like arch like the exorcist you know and uh, <laughs> that's what I came out into clinic doing. And it was like, well, you have soft tissue that is tight and I'm going to release that soft tissue and I'm going to use lots of force to do so. Um, and then I kind of got into some, you know, instrument assisted stuff and it was definitely okay, right? To scrape people aggressively and to cause bruising. And it was even like looked at as a good thing to cause bruising and, or, you know, petechia, uh, because uh, that shows that you were releasing that tissue that was uh, restricted and uh, scarred down and adhered and adhesed and whatever. The little adhesion fairies were in there and you got rid of them. Uh, so I was definitely not scared to hurt people, you know, with manual therapy. Uh, luckily, you know, at least to my knowledge, I never did any serious damage, but we can get into this in a little bit. I've, I've actually worked with a couple of patients who did have some pretty serious damage, serious issues, uh, after aggressive bouts of manual therapy. Um, and I have a laundry list of examples, but I'll probably talk about two in particular that I think, uh, really stand out to me. Yeah. You know, it's coming off of our episode of medial scapular border pain. Um, I do, I have worked with patients who actually suffered a neurologic injury, some peripheral nerve damage from some folks digging, digging into the rhomboids and stuff like that. And again, mistaking some sort of mechanism of releasing and things as like a therapeutic, you know, where, Hey, you're just freaking causing pain and you, the body's defense mechanisms of to, to get you to kind of more evolutionary like hey you're this is a really painful thing for you to survive i'm going to give you a little bit of some pain relief so you can soldier on in life maybe we could like leave that mechanism behind in many cases i mean I, we'll talk is there ever a place for that uh, that's that's a question we'll maybe say for the end but yeah you know that stuff happens uh you know people have painful 
experiences, and unfortunately, a painful experience can be related to an injury inflicted, you know, iatrogenically from from PTs, and not just PTs. I've seen it in other professions as well. So, um, plenty of plenty of fingers to be pointed, including again. I know I've bruised my share of people um, when I got initially onto the instrumented assisted train because it was very much, you know, very. You know, the, the new rave and, and supposedly I was earlier in my career didn't really give it a lot of critical analysis and just jumped on the boat initially and then um, yeah bruised my share of people and thought it was the right thing to do because that's kind of what was was uh, you know portrayed from a lot of the folks who were you know marketing it and things and and patients actually loved it the bruising kind of leaves marks of like look what was done there's visual evidence that I had something done to me and especially if you strap a nice narrative on it of whatever breaking up adhesions and fibroblastic blah blah blahs and yeah I mean, you can you can science it up and, and make it sound pretty sexy to a patient where wow that's that's great you know and, and honestly I, I i talk to this with students i'm like now you take what had just happened in that clinical room where this patient was crying and things and put it in a context of that just happened from a stranger on the street and I think you get one person who's getting arrested. The other person, because the context of, of you're in a medical setting, you're in, you're in uh, this is a healing ritual, you ascribe positive meaning to it. There's, it, it it's actually sought out and paid for. Uh, and it's just in the other context, you're like, where do I call 911? This is freaking, you know, abuse. You know, I'm getting assaulted at this point. But maybe it's a little extreme. But honestly, I, I don't think it's uh, off, you know, base for contextual components of what drives a positive response to some of this stuff um, but that's just soft tissue I know you spoke to manual therapy around the knees and I know you and I've talked about you know total knees and total joints uh, maybe not shoulders as much but yeah, knees definitely um, you know you gotta blast that range back and then same thing with like frozen shoulders that's another one that I think um, traditionally was like you're just gonna you got I remember I've had patients tearing up and 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 definitely having you know episodes of tears because that's what I thought we had to do I was operating under the fact that you got to loosen that capsule up and let's get after this thing and, and go and it was stretch and hey I, I, I look at my sadistic ways back and not purposely I thought I was doing what was best for the patient of course I think anybody who's doing that and, and has never I hopefully done it to like really make this hurt because I don't like this person it's just hey if you operate under mechanisms of like old school ways of doing it and thinking, then I mean you're going to probably think, "Hey, I'm doing the right thing." And I still have patients again with different practitioners, even PTs, DOs, and stuff, where this painful stuff is just like an accepted mode of operation um, with little science to support it. So let's talk a little bit about the, well. And do you want to share any of your stories first before we get into a little bit of the mechanisms of kind of what goes behind uh, we've already spoke to it a little bit with contextual stuff and different things but what, what you want to share any of the, the stories that you think might help folks out there well I, I mean I, I think I'll just briefly um, cover one patient that I had maybe about a year ago or so and uh, this lady was very very tough very in the mindset of you know, it's got to hurt for me to get better. Um, she's avid, avid, avid exerciser, just crushing the gym all the time. But at the same time, like in a big wig type position where working 60 hours a week. So her cup just runneth over like crazy, right? And she had some, you know, hip flexor tightness. Uh, she she kept being told that she had trigger points in her, like her hip flexor that were radiating down kind of the front of her thigh, right? Uh, you get into a little bit of an a lumbar spine, 
spine uh, type of thing, there's a little bit of lumbar nerve root irritation or whatever, right? Um, and she went and got some really, really aggressive uh, treatment from a chiropractor in town who does some FDM type stuff and some active relief, active release type stuff to the psoas. Uh, and then she comes back to me the next day and her, the entire front of her thigh all the way down to her medial knee is numb, completely numb. She can't feel anything. And it took about six months for the feeling to come back to the front of her thigh. Uh, so we're talking like a, a pretty serious, you know, femoral nerve or a cutaneous branch of the femoral nerve uh, injury that, I mean, six months of pure numbness where she could not feel anything. And then another person, the the general low back tightness that the massage therapist was really going to get in there and release the trigger points in the quadratus lumborum. Uh, person had low back tightness for a couple of months, finally went to get an aggressive massage, woke up the next day with a 10 out of 10, you know, searing, unbearable uh, radiculopathy. And, um, you know, was it getting to the point where it was about to just happen or was it the forceful, aggressive pressing full body weight pressure to an isolated local area that was sensitized, cramming it into extension for long periods of time or whatever it was, not recognizing the situation that, you know, that's not going to necessarily fix anything. And then this person proceeded to have just an unbearable uh, lumbar radiculopathy for about four months that, that we had to work through and it all like stemmed from the massage. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure others can share stories and, and different things too. So, <clears throat> you know, let's do better uh, with, with painful stuff. Um, now I still think there are currently taught modes of painful manual therapy. I would argue that like, you know, this comparable sign in the spine where you're finding somebody's pain, I remember having mentors tell me, you know, Jeff Maitland used to say, you got to find the hurt and hurt it uh, because it's kind of this modulated, modulated pain. Now, I, that, I understand that response now. And it's still like if you're doing UPA, CPA, say you do a little bit of that in the clinic, you, what are you doing? You're finding symptoms, comparable signs, symptoms, and you're going in and you're, provide, you're producing nociceptive, you're, you're, you're producing pain, but you're also testing, is your technique providing that positive condition, pain modulation, descending noxious inhibitory control, fancy neurobiology, you know, endogenous mechanisms where you get a positive response. Cause we know that's probably the mechanism of what this painful stuff is doing. It's not realigning or, you know, treating humans like cars, all that stuff where we're, we're seeing if we can produce a positive modulation of their symptoms and if it helps them nudge forward without obviously bringing tears, I, I'm not a fan of my, when I produce that pain with some UPA CPS, cause I actually still do it, believe it or not, but it, it's not tear related. A breathing needs to be on board. It's really gently bumping into symptoms and then having a very good explanation of not, Hey, I'm fixing your car or realigning your fascia or helping things slide down the fascial tube, which, Again, some mind-boggling mechanisms of things we think we can do with our hands. But anyway, um, and then if and then I'm checking in. Hey, as we're doing this, patient, as this, I've been doing this for about 15, 20 seconds. As I'm doing this, is the sensitivity of this area feel like it's staying the same or changing at all? If it's changing, boom, let's go. I might go even a little further. See if we can get really get it moving and get things loose. And then again, test, treat, retest, get them up, stand. And if was that painful thing? important but again it's it's the supporting cast usually that's visit two i do tend to do more active movement based modulation of pain on visit one just so they can start owning symptom change right out of the gate of course sometimes i jump in with some manual if 
they're having troubles getting things moving or various reasons. But yeah, I think just understanding that painful manual therapy is related to some mechanisms existing in the human that can modulate a pain experience, use them wisely and in a non-sadistic fashion, I think is a, is a probably a good tip for folks as far as it's maybe okay to bump into some stuff, especially we're asking patients to bump into pain with exercise oftentimes. And, and usually that's what's necessary. Ben Smith's uh, work talks about painful, you know, have, having people allowed to work in a pain with exercise. Does that help? Yeah, it does. They tend to do better than the folks that are given this pain contingent. Don't move unless it's not painful. So I think there's some value of maybe bumping into it with a little bit of manual therapy movement. What are your thoughts with that, Jerk? Well, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to circle back around to how, you know, I where coming out of school, I was, you know, hurt people, essentially, you know, do whatever it takes, be as aggressive as you need to be, stretch it as hard as you need to stretch it. And then I actually, my pendulum swung way over to, oh, man, I'm not going to do anything painful with manual therapy because I'm just reinforcing pain and I'm just, you know, making somebody worse and manual therapy is not doing any of these things that I thought that it was doing. So I need to be as gentle as possible to where now I like to think of myself as a little bit more in the middle where I'm not going to be sadistic towards people and uh, have these unfounded thought processes around how manual therapy works where I'm just cramming on people's tissues. But at the same time, if we're having a narrative in clinic that pain doesn't mean damage and that pain is okay to, to bump into. And I want to test uh, how well somebody's, you know, uh, condition pain modulation and, you know, uh, <clears throat> endogenous uh, mechanisms are working. I think it's okay to press into a little bit of discomfort, to press into a little bit of mild pain, to kind of see how a person's body responds. How irritable is this? How long does that irritability last? Does gradual exposure actually make it better? Does gradual exposure actually make it worse? You know, what uh, can I talk to that person through this little bit of an experience of pain and say, hey, you know, like this is going on. I'm giving you a little bit of pressure. This clearly isn't doing any damage. We know that you've deadlifted 50 pounds and like this isn't nearly as much force as that. It's just really specific. And, you know, I think that you have a, a, a pretty sensitive area right there and we can talk about the neurobiology and we can talk about like the pain science, you know, when I'm doing that manual therapy and help them wrap their head around, hey, I've got this area in my low back that is sensitive to this type of movement, and he's exposing me to this type of movement, and that's actually a good thing because it's building my tolerance to it. It's like the exposure to the sun and the sunburn. It's like the exposure to stress on the hands and the callus building. It's it's changing the narrative completely and um, allowing people to be comfortable exploring that but not cramming through something that is making them significantly work and, and causes them to be out of commission for, you know, a day or two afterwards. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's patient centered care. It's not like, this is my theory. I ran people down this theory without any, and I know people are not considering, but this is where test, retest, treat, you know, you're seeing, Hey, if I'm going to engage in this, I'm going to do it thoughtfully and with very much looking at what's happening as I'm doing this. And like Jared nicely pointed out a good explanation during, uh, you know, before, during and after to just really, you know, go come alongside somebody as you're nudging into this stuff. Same thing as I would do with exercise. And then it's just kind of test response and see, not just like blast through 30 minutes of painful stuff without any check. Hey patient, how you doing? Um, you know, 
just yeah, or hey, this just has got to hurt to help. I mean, you should be seeing if you're seeing objective asterisks and, and you know subjective movements starting to de de decline and degrade as you're doing this stuff. You should be thinking twice. Like, am I helping this situation or am I hindering it? But I've had patients where too, like a nice healing process can get disrupted nicely by folks just feeling like they need to blast in there. Like I still am baffled at the thought that a whiplash where you have to, where you have a violent soft tissue load and strain and often if you look at the research there's quite a bit of soft tissue disruption and in, in injury um, when they do post-mortem studies for unfortunate folks that come out don't come out the other side um, why would you go in there and reef on that sucker with a painful manip or blast it with stuff it just still doesn't make any logical sense to me but again dumping pain into some system with a therapeutic narrative and some claim of necessity to a patient I think you know, can get somebody to have a positive response to it. Is it have founding in science and reality? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know where, and if I'm happy to be wrong on this, shoot me research, message me. I'm happy to, to see why on God's earth you would want to blast pain into an acutely healing situation, like aggressively. Like that just still doesn't make any sense to me. But I think hopefully we've, we've given you reason to kind of consider how and when and why you might use, you know, some, some, techniques and treatments that produce some discomfort or pain and even might reproduce the patient's pain because that is okay hopefully what you've heard with jared and i today it's just doing it judiciously in a patient-centered way with a good thought process behind it where you're testing it you're treating if you use that and then you retest and then you're really assessing hey patient what did you think um this cognition targeted uh, you know manual therapy that we talk about at modern pain care where you're really getting a good understanding of what the patient's perceptions, beliefs, expectations are, what their perceptions, expectations, beliefs are as you're doing the technique and then afterwards. So you can really maximize that encounter when you're putting some of these techniques on people um, and hopefully moving them in a positive direction. But instead of just ramming people in the painful techniques, we're doing it more in a very individualized N equals one, tailoring it to the unique response of that individual versus this is what I do. This is what my certification tells me to do. And I just do it without a, you know, a thoughtful process behind it. Anything you want to leave folks with before we finish up today, Jared? No, I would just say <clears throat> if you want to dig deeper on this, we can definitely dig a lot deeper and, you know, let us know, comment on this. Uh, let us know that you want us to take a deeper dive into it. We can pull in some other people like Matt Lowe. He's got a brilliant framework when it comes to manual therapy and, uh, you know, allowing uh, pain and certain levels of aggressiveness in manual therapy when it's very person-centered person and, and very patient-specific. And uh, we've got some coursework from Matt Lowe on the Lifelong Learning Academy that I think hits home on this particular topic. If anybody wanted to learn a little bit more about it or uh, read some of the work that he's published as well. Yeah, Matt has probably been one of my better uh, influences on on that. Uh, definitely as far as like, uh, I also, you know, initially kind of just would pull away from manual or anything painful when I first got into this because, oh God, do we want to even create pain with people? I think there's a context and a situation where you can create with a patient where it's a helpful way to move them forward, especially when you show them that nudging into pain may be something that actually helps the situation and you frame it as such and let the patient unpack that with some, some Socratic dialogue where they start talking and exploring that versus us cramming that narrative down their throats. But that's a whole another podcast for how we educate and let patients do more experiential learning versus uh, pain-splaining people, things where they can start unpacking some of these concepts with context we create in the clinic. But 
hopefully that was helpful for everybody and uh, definitely reach out to us. There's actually a discussion on our Lifelong Learning Academy. It's a free discussion. We have a free uh, forums discussion area where you can jump in some of the discussions and things we have. I'll link it in the show notes below so you can ch check it out. We did have a discussion on this with some good clinicians who jumped in and kind of put their thoughts and I thought we, I thought it was great. Uh, saw some, some good discussions and some thoughtful approaches that people are using out there in the clinic. So definitely jump on that. Um, also, if you're having troubles figuring out how to figure this stuff out in the clinic and you're just like, oh my God, I don't know what hurts, what shouldn't, like where do I do, and all this stuff, um, feel free to reach out to Jared and I. We're, we're in the process of helping some clinicians right now. We got our uh, coaching mentorship program that we just rolled out. I'm excited, just got our first folks rolling in and uh, excited to start getting those folks results in their practice. And hopefully not running through the same struggles and failures that Jared and I did as we rolled through our career. So if you need any help and you, you're looking for some more individualized attention, don't hesitate to reach out to Jared and I. We're happy to, to have a chat with you and see if it's a good fit for you. Um, but definitely we'll, we'll be sharing content with you to help you through your journey regardless. And uh, hopefully you all enjoyed today's episode and we will talk to you next time. This has been another episode of the Modern Pain Podcast with Dr. Mark Karchula. Join us next time as we continue our journey to help change the story around pain. For more information on the show, visit modernpaincare.com. Also, visit the Pain Masterminds Network on Facebook for free education and resources. This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. Please consult a licensed professional for your specific medical needs. Changing the story around pain. This is the Modern Pain Podcast.